bem-vindas a mais um SBC Fanfic, sua dose quinzenal de fanfic. Se você é nova por aqui, seja bem-vinda. Eu sou Mônica Sanoli e ajudo mulheres a se posicionarem profissionalmente através do inglês. Mas aqui no podcast a pegada é um pouco diferente. O SBC é uma discussão literária sobre romances, contos e fanfics escritos por mulheres, em português ou em inglês, que cai toda sexta-feira no seu feed. São dois programas, SBC Fanfic e SBC Novel. Se você ainda não ouviu o SBC Novel sobre Lobo de Rua, da Jana Bianchi, volte uma casa e aproveite. No episódio de hoje do SBC Fanfic, com a minha voz de gripe, seguimos com as fanfics que já estávamos lendo antes, todas em inglês. Addict, a primeira história da série Addiction, escrita pela Savannah Elise, e Blown by the Wind, que eu escrevi. O link para Eric está na descrição do episódio e eu recomendo que você visite o site, curte e comente para deixar o dia da autora mais feliz. Blown by the Wind, que termina neste episódio, não está mais publicada, mas se você quiser fazer algum comentário sobre a história, pode me mandar por e-mail. As duas histórias são fanfics de 30 Seconds to Mars, mais especificamente sobre o Shannon. Elas tocam em assuntos bem delicados, como drogas, aborto, depressão e ansiedade. Se algum desses assuntos for um gatilho para você, eu peço que você não escute essas histórias, ou pelo menos que tenha cuidado ao ouvir. Lembrando que, embora as duas fics sejam sobre pessoas reais, as histórias são fictícias. Nós não conhecemos o Shannon pessoalmente, tudo que nós sabemos sobre a vida pessoal dele é fofoca, lembrem-se disso. Vamos às histórias? Addiction Series Book 1, Addict, Chapter 6 So you have the weekend off, Jared concluded after their weekly meeting that afternoon. They had agreed to a weekly meeting to keep everyone in the loop in terms of Shannon's recovery. He seems to be back to normal, Tomo said, so I think he can handle himself for the weekend. Besides, don't we have some event to go to? We can keep an eye on him. Ella sighed. Sounds good to me. Oh, before I forget, Jared said, pulling an envelope out of a notebook he'd been using. This is your first paycheck. It's just taking some time to get the direct deposit set up. Next week we should have it sorted out. Check to make sure it's the right amount. Ella took it and opened it. Holy shit, I'm solvent, she said in shock. Jared chuckled. The hours might be long, but you do get paid well. Isla's eyes were white. She'd never seen such a large amount of money on a single piece of paper that had her name as the recipient. Well, if you don't have any other things to talk about, I think that's it, Jared said, standing. I'll be gone on Monday, so I'll see you on Tuesday. Isla nodded and stood, taking it as the end of their meeting. She walked out of the living room and ran into Shannon on the way out to her car. Hey. She said, tossing her hair over her shoulder as she shut the front door behind her. You're free of me this weekend. He looked up from his phone. Oh, okay, he said simply. Shannon, she started. As much as you know how I feel about you going crazy, you know you can call me for anything, right? He gave her a distracted nod. Yeah, sure, whatever. Ella had a feeling Shannon either didn't hear her or didn't care. She opened her car door and tossed her purse into the passenger seat, wincing as the door squeaked loudly. I mean it, Shannon, she repeated. I don't know what you've got planned this weekend, but I wish you'd be responsible and not do anything stupid. 
He gave her another distracted nod before he went into his house. Isla had a feeling she would be seeing him again sooner than she'd anticipated. They'd had a good remainder of the week, she had helped him get his home office set up completely and had met some of his Blackfuel staff at a lunch they'd had. Everyone seemed to think she was nice and didn't suspect a thing. Shannon at least seemed to be less angry with her presence. Since their coffee excursion the day before, he'd been relatively pleasant with her. She figured it was because he'd either found a new stash hidden in his house or he'd discovered a new combination of pills. She didn't care. All she cared about was making sure her job was done and keeping Shannon from being too ridiculous in public. Ella got into her car and drove home, sitting in traffic for an hour, which was better than some people had it. On a typical Friday night, she was alone. She didn't have many friends because she had a bad habit of attracting the wrong kinds of friends. In an effort to maintain her sobriety, she simply avoided all relationships, including romantic ones. She enjoyed her solitude, though. It took some getting used to it at first, but eventually she adjusted. She was settling into the sofa four hours later with a large bowl of popcorn to watch a Sex and the City marathon when her phone buzzed. It took her a second to realize who it was because she'd forgotten that she'd said Shannon's name for his caller ID as asshole. She put the bowl on the coffee table, pausing the television. She picked up her phone and glanced at the name. Come get me, was all the text read. She was confused. Why? she responded. Several minutes passed before a reply came back to her. Drunk. Can't drive. She sighed heavily. Where are you? She texted back. There went her evening. She got off the couch and pulled on a pair of sneakers and a sweatshirt before grabbing her keys and purse from the table near the door. He texted her the address and she hoped he was sober enough to have gotten it right. She got into the car and put the address in her phone's GPS. It was good 40 minutes away without traffic. By the time she arrived at the club, it was one in the morning. Security guards stood outside, barring people from entering. She found a place to park in the crowded lot behind the club, texting Shannon to have him meet her outside. There was no way she was getting inside with the clothes she had on. She looked like a cross between an Eskimo and a hermit. I'm outside, she sent. At least ten minutes passed before Shannon appeared, stumbling a little and slurring his speech. She caught him with an arm and supported him on the way back to the car. He stunk of alcohol so badly that she could have lit him on fire. You look like Gollum in a sea hag had a baby. He slurred as she attempted to put him into the passenger seat. No, I don't want you riding the death trap, he protested, fighting her weakly. She simply punched him in the balls and he became much more reasonable. My car is fine, she countered. He was so drunk, he wouldn't feel the heat until the morning. She walked around to the driver's side, getting in. Jesus, she said, waving her hand in front of her nose. You smell like you based in tequila. Isla rolled down the window and let the fresh air in. Shannon let out a belch and she swore his lips flapped like Homer Simpson's. Isla was glad she'd roll down the window because she didn't have to deal with the horrible smell for long. 
After his belch, he slipped happily into dreamland. It wasn't until she reached the road that would take her back to her house that she asked him what to do. It was 2.30 in the morning and all she wanted to do was go to sleep. No way in hell was she babysitting his ass. She turned to go to her apartment, figuring that he could just slip it off on her sofa. As she pulled into the parking lot, she just told him awake. The entire ride he'd been asleep, snoring softly next to her. He grunted as she tried to pull him out of the car. Come on, Shannon, she groaned. Help me out here. He came to a standing position, but he was basically dead weight. During the ride, he'd been lured into a comfortable sleep, and he was having a hard time becoming conscious. She had to balance on one leg to kick the door shut behind him and keep him upright at the same time. The old homeless man that lived by the dumpster in the parking lot found the whole scene absolutely thigh-slapping hilarious. Isla did not. She helped him inside and was grateful for the elevator. She leaned Shannon against the wall so she could press the button for her floor. When the door sprang open, she accidentally hit his head against the door frame, but she didn't feel the least bit guilty. Served him right. Isla managed to get her own door open and get him inside before he fell over. She dumped him onto the couch, pulled off his shoes, and tossed the blanket over top of his immobile body before she went to her quote-unquote room and collapsed on her bed. Shannon snapped awake suddenly, gasping for air. The first thing he noticed was the blinding sunlight streaming across his face, which led him to the second thing he noticed, the raging headache that was pounding away behind his eyes. He clenched them shut and groaned. The next thing he became aware of was the Hello Kitty comforter over his naked body. His eyes adjusted slowly, taking in his surroundings. He was definitely not in his own house. As he looked around, he saw that he was lying on a sofa in a large loft space. A wall of windows was responsible for the blinding Jesus-like light. The tall ceilings made every noise echo, and he could hear noises coming from the kitchen area behind him. A large wall of fabric hung from the ceiling. He thought back to his actions the night beforehand. He couldn't remember going home with anyone, but he also didn't know why he was naked. He sat up slowly, clutching his head as the room spun slightly. Once he regained his sense of direction, he looked over to the kitchen area and saw Isla riffling through paperwork. Oh, now he could remember. He texted her to come get him last night, but it still didn't explain his nudity. He looked at Isla, who had on a dumpy green bathrobe, and cleared his throat. <clears throat> she looked up at him. Oh, you're alive, she said. It was touch and go there for a while, but you are in fact still with us. He blinked as he turned around on the sofa to face her. I'm naked, he observed. Did we... he asked. She laughed, getting a coffee mug from her cupboard. Oh no, the nudity is all you. After I picked you up, we came back here. You collapsed on the sofa. But then at 4am, you did a rousing rendition of Like a Virgin and proceeded to strip all of your clothes off. It was quite entertaining. She emptied a packet of instant coffee into the mug and added hot water before stirring it and handing it over to him. 
He took it gratefully, wrapping his palms around the warmth of the cup. He had let the blanket drop to his lap, revealing his shirtless abdomen. He took a sip, glad for the caffeine to be coursing through his body, even though the coffee tasted like shit. It wasn't enough to get rid of the shakiness in his hands. It had been a long time since he'd last had his pills. He stood up, searching for his clothes. I put them on the chair by the window, Isla said, turning to return to the kitchen. The bathroom's through there, she added, pointing through the curtain. He walked over to the small chair, the blanket trailing behind him like the train on a dress. He picked up his clothes and waddled into the curtained-off area. Isla's bedroom was a complete surprise to him. It was bright and airy, and the queen bed was made up neatly. A small closet was open, and another door was open for the bathroom. He went in. It was small, but the space was used as efficiently as it could have been. Granted, you had to climb over the toilet to get into the small shower, but at least all of the fixtures looked new. He clambered into the shower, knocking one of the bottles of shampoo onto one of his toes. Hissing in pain, he turned on the water and let out a girlish shriek when boiling hot water rained down on him. After adjusting the temperature, he hosed off using some of Isla's citrus-smelling shampoo. By the time he'd gotten out and dried off, he was aching for his pills. His headache barely compared to the pain his entire body felt as he cried out for the next high. He got dressed hurriedly before heading back out to Isla's living room. He searched the sofa, lifting several pillows in the process for his pill bottle. It's in your pocket, she called from the kitchen island without looking up. He stopped and put his hand into his pocket, pulling out the familiar orange bottle. The fact that she knew what he was looking for without even having to look at him said a lot about how well she knew him already. He poured two out into his palm and necked them back as she watched. I'm gonna head out, he said, emptying his coffee cup with several swallows. He sat it on the counter as he walked out of the apartment. While he waited for an Uber car to pick him up, he couldn't get Isla's face out of his head. As he had swallowed the pills, she had just looked on in silence, though she knew exactly what was happening. Blown by the Wind, Final Chapter Janine and her mother were speaking in Russian while Shannon sat on a chair next to the door. The women were sitting on the bed and looked ready to leave. They didn't seem to notice when Kelly got in, so she just turned to Shen. Hey, what's going on? Kelly touched his shoulder. His mind seemed to be someplace else, but he smiled with relief when he looked at her. We're just waiting for the duck, but she's ready to leave. Do you understand what they're saying? Not even a single word. Kelly chuckled and rubbed his back. I brought you coffee. She gave him one of the cups from the holder and hunched so she could look him in the eyes. Do you still take it black? Always. Shannon took a sip and kissed her on the cheek. You're an angel. Thanks. He whispered. That caught the other's attention and they stopped talking to look at Kelly.
Behaving as naturally as she could, she got to her feet, took her own cup from the holder, and gave the other two to Jeanine. I don't know if you like coffee, but I figured you shouldn't be drinking it now. So one is decaf, the other is a regular latte for your mom. Then, turning to the blonde woman, you must be Yulia. Nice to meet you. My name is Kelly. They shook hands, but Yulia didn't say anything. My mother doesn't speak English, Janine explained rather dryly, and Kelly just nodded. Thank you for the coffee. Yeah, no problem. She turned to the door. I'll be outside when you're ready. Kelly, wait! Shannon followed her out of the room, but she didn't stop walking until she was out in the parking lot. Hey, hey! She let him turn her around by her shoulders, so she was facing him. Why are you crying? I'm not! She tried to laugh it off, but the tears were already falling. What is it? Just forget it. Kelly chuckled, wiping her cheeks. Really, it doesn't matter. Shannon growled in frustration. This is ridiculous. Let's just run. Just disappear. Right now, you and me. Kelly just smiled and quietly sipped her coffee. Go back inside, Shen. I'll wait in the car. Kelly, Shannon. She didn't raise her voice, but her tone was so firm that Shannon stopped. Go back inside. He turned around, dragging his feet back to the hospital. When he was finally out of sight, she let out the sobs she was holding back, her whole body shaking while she walked to his car. About half an hour later, Shannon showed up with his girlfriend and her mother, holding the door to the back seat of the rover for them. He sat next to Kelly, eyeing her expectantly while he put his seatbelt on, but she just shook her head and gave him his keys back. The silence between them was deafening and made worse by the whispers in Russian coming from the back. The 20-minute drive felt like an eternity until Shannon parked in his garage and Kelly jumped out of the car mumbling something that sounded like the guest room. Shannon watched her get inside the house as he helped Janine out of the car. He fought against every impulse of running towards Kelly and tried to focus on the girl in front of him. It was the middle of the night when Kelly finally got out of the room, assuming everybody was asleep, and went to the pool area, sitting on top of her leg on a chair. Shannon, alone in the dark kitchen, watched her walk by and went after her, grabbing a blanket from his couch before stepping outside. You get a coat like this, he said as he put the blanket around her and kissed the top of her head, moving to sit in front of her. I thought you were sleeping. I can't. I've been sitting in the kitchen for a while. What about you? Kelly shrugged. Too much to think about. You tell me. I went to see your mother today, and I called Jared right after. He raised his eyebrows in surprise. Yeah. It won't be a shock if they never send me a Christmas card again. But anyway, I defended you. You should know that. Why are you talking like that? I don't like Janine. Kelly went on. She hasn't done anything wrong, but I don't like her just because she's with you. 
I've had a funny feeling ever since you called me and I was trying to ignore it. Mostly because I didn't understand it, but seeing how she looks at you and the way she looked at me, she laughed. And the way you are looking at me right now. I can't stay here, Shannon. I can't be around you. Because of her? Because of her, because of you, because of me. I'm jealous of you, Shannon. That's... I can't allow myself to feel that. And I can't allow you to hurt her even more. It's not fair. She doesn't deserve that after everything. Tobias doesn't deserve that either. But I told you that you would like to be friends with him? Seriously? Do you really see that happening? Shannon swallowed and stared at his feet, biting his lips. We have to be realistic, Shen. I've been here for 24 hours and it's been torture already. It's not only ourselves that we are hurting. She leaned closer to him and squeezed his arm for emphasis. He nodded his head in agreement, but didn't say anything. Kelly leaned back on her chair with a sigh. What I said last night, she continued, about us being friends, I'd still very much like that. Except we can never see each other again, he scoffed. Well, do you have a better solution? We already live in two different continents, so avoiding each other won't exactly be a problem. And we don't really have the same friends except for Cam and Jared, right? I hardly ever see your brother and I only go to camps once a year, which I hear is not something you do. Yeah, fine, I got your point. We can text anytime. You can call me anytime. That has to be enough, Shen. He clenched his jaw. When are you going back? Tomorrow morning, of course. He mumbled, covering his eyes, and staying like that for a while. Kelly was about to get up when he looked at her. Do you remember when we got together? Like, for real? Yeah, the MTV Unplugged rehearsal. She smiled. Do you remember the song Jared was singing? Where the streets have no name, her smile broadened. Jared was pissed because you weren't there and Emma found us in one of the back rooms. Yeah, yeah, but that song. It's always reminded me of you. Well, that's only natural. And have you ever paid attention to the lyrics? Her heart was heavier than ever. Of course I have. It really is the perfect song for us. He gave her a weak smile. Thank you for coming when I called. Sure. She got up, still wrapped on his blanket. I need to at least take a nap before I have to go to the airport, so... Oh, okay. I can drive you there, if you want to. She nodded and started walking back to the house, but stopped when she'd reached the sliding glass door. Actually, she turned around to look at him. It's almost dawn and there are still some of those cheese buns left. Can you make us some coffee? Shannon grinned and they both went inside.
that's it for Blown by the Wind. Thank you guys very much for listening up to this point. I'm really sorry about my voice this episode. I'm coming down with something, so my voice uh, has been really shitty this week. But anyway, thanks for listening and send me your thoughts on Blown by the Wind. I would love to talk to you guys. Este foi o SPC Fanfic. Por enquanto, você pode me apoiar se inscrevendo no feed ou seguindo o podcast no seu agregador favorito, além, é claro, de mostrar o podcast para uma amiga. Se você escreve fanfic em inglês ou português, por favor, me dá um alô. Eu quero ter você aqui. Para mandar e-mail para mim, escreva para bookclub.com.br. Eu sou monicasanoli no Instagram arroba monicasan__oli no Twitter e você pode saber mais sobre o meu trabalho em monicasanoli.com.br Todos os links para contato estão na descrição do episódio. Até a próxima! Ei, você aí que está ouvindo, você já respondeu a pod pesquisa 2019? Se não, tire 10 minutinhos do seu tempo e vá lá responder. O link para a pesquisa vai estar na descrição deste episódio. A Pesquisa é uma ferramenta que ajuda a Associação Brasileira de Podcasters a entender melhor qual que é o perfil do ouvinte de podcast brasileiro. Se você gosta de ouvir podcasts, tem esse costume, vá lá responder e não se esqueça de citar o SPC na sua resposta. Agora sim, até a próxima!